Once upon a wander. I want to give a big thank you to Peter Kelly, our Patreon sponsor. So I met Sam when we were both working at Space Camp as counselors in 2012. That was one of my first seasonal jobs, and everyone there was really nerdy, so it was easy to start making friends. Sam, in particular, was really outgoing and a natural entertainer, and after leaving space camp, one of the next seasonal jobs he did was working in the Northern Mariana Islands, which are actually a territory of the United States that a lot of people haven't heard of. So one of the other territories is Guam, and uh, that's right near where Sam worked in the same area. And the specific island, I believe, was called Saipan. Is that right, or is that the name of the city? Saipan was the specific island. So what was the job that you did, and what was the place that you worked? The place that I worked was the Pacific Islands Club, and I started off as just a lifeguard and activity specialist, where we'd go around and do special activities for people every hour, and at nighttime there would be night shows, and sometimes we'd be just playing lifeguarding, making sure the little kids aren't dying in the pools. Sometimes we're just giving out equipment. But essentially, we were the masters of fun. <laughs> that sounds like you. And was this island, how would you describe it in terms of the local life and the tourist life? Because it's not a very large island. It was very, very touristy. The locals were mostly from the Philippines. They originated from the Philippines. And they were very family-oriented. It seemed like many people were very... Very proud of the last name, family last name. And they'd always have big gatherings with barbecues. And I could be walking down the, the beach and I could see somebody having a barbecue. And they'll call me right over and say, hey, we just met you, but here's a beer. Have some food. They're very warm. They're very friendly, very open, very family oriented. As far as the tourists go, the tourists loved being there. They were all super happy, too, because they're on a tropical island. And at any given time, there's probably maybe four times more tourists than people living on the island. Those are always interesting places to be when it's more tourism oriented. Was there anything weird you noticed about people? Because it's it's like owned by the U.S., so it's a really strange dynamic because they don't get the same voting rights, obviously, and, and most American citizens haven't even heard of the Mariana Islands. So was there any weird animosity towards the U.S. by the locals or anything like that? I think it depends. Most of the time, no. Most of the time, they very much liked America. But sometimes when I ended up getting into a supervisor role at the resort, sometimes there might be people fishing down at the beach and it's very harmful for people to be fishing down by the beach because they might have hooks. Somebody could step on it. And if I would ask them to please walk down 100 feet, 
pass the sign that says no fishing in this area, they would start saying, you're from America. This isn't your land. This is my land. I can do what I want. So I didn't get that very often, but there were some people, I think, that had a little animosity towards newcomers to the island. Mm-hmm. But again, the majority of people, like 99% of the people, were very warm and friendly. Okay. Just one more thing on the topic of territories of the United States and maybe some smaller islands in general is that uh, they're, the tropical ones are often really susceptible to global warming and there's going to be some of the first places to be hit hard with storms and flooding. And um, the U.S. hasn't really shown much, much interest in helping them out financially afterwards, as we can see pretty clearly with Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands. When you were in the Mariana Islands, was there a, a storm that passed through that was that was a pretty big one? So in 2015, I wasn't there for this. I had left. This was my second trip there. But I had left a couple minutes before they got hit really hard with the typhoon. Mm-hmm. And it destroyed a lot of the islands. The island wasn't expecting the typhoon. It was supposed to be a little, little storm. And that night, it just completely wrecked the island and from what i heard there it seemed like it took a long time to get things fixed up and there was huge lines at gas stations and people were getting mad and angry and again i didn't see that one personally but i had heard that the recovery time wasn't as good but in 2018 i remember that's when I was there, there was a massive storm that came through and actually just destroyed our resort. And that one, the power was out on the island for three months at some places. But that one was very helpful. There was military trucks that were passing out food, and there were food stamps that people would wait in line all day to get food stamps. But from what I recall, it seemed like America did a very good job helping out Saipan in 2018 for it. Well, that's pretty cool. Were, were, you and your coworkers uh, were some of the recipients of food stamp and, and some of the help that the military was giving out. How did that affect you directly? I personally felt wrong taking it because I lived at the resort and the resort itself, the housing, staff housing portion of it, I still had walls. Like my room got absolutely destroyed and I lost a bunch of my stuff during the storm. But I still had the bed, I still had walls, and I felt wrong taking any assistance because there was other people on the island that needed it more than I did. So I never went for it, but there were other staff that lived in the hallway that ended up getting food stamps and ended up getting money in return. Okay, another question completely different. I know you used to be really into bartering. And maybe I'll have you give a little explanation for people who don't know what that is and uh, then ask you, were you able to barter anything in Saipan or on any of your travels? I did barter a lot. I like to start with a penny and I like to trade up. And I did this several times with several different pennies. And I got the inspiration from the red paperclip guy. But when I learned that one man's trash is another man's treasure or one person's trash is another person's treasure i 
became very fond of bartering. And as far as Saipan goes, I remember one time I started with a penny and I traded up, I traded up. And then I ended up getting this really old penny from my dad. I think it was from like the 1800s or something like that. And then I ended up trading that for like a $50 underwater fishing light. And then I ended up that for this beautiful wooden carved out storyboard. And it was essentially a storyboard about kind of like Romeo and Juliet, but for the islands. And it was a pretty amazing thing. And then I held on to that one. That's pretty awesome. Somebody once offered me $400 for the board. Whoa. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give it the board. It was too nice. Do you still have it? I do still have it. Are you still in contact with a lot of the people you met in Saipan? Some of the people. Some of the people. Now, this is something that everyone always has different answers for. And I have to think about this question myself pretty soon. But how do you decide when it's time to move on to the next place as a traveler and figure out where to go next? I've always believed that if the company treats me well and I treat the company well and we're both growing, I see no reason to leave. But if at any point something happens where I no longer am enjoying that company or I no longer believe I can grow in the direction that I want to grow, that's when I would typically leave. So in Saipan goes, there was this new ownership group that took over and they had different ideas of what direction they wanted to take the resorts. And it wasn't the resort that I fell in love with. So that's when I left that resort. I gave them six months to find a replacement for my position. Oh, that's a long time. I didn't want to leave them stranded. Mm-hmm. But when I learned that that wasn't the direction I wanted to go, that's when I left the resort. Mm-hmm. That's cool. There's uh, so much growing potential in travel. That's one of my favorite things about it. And you can't anticipate what it's going to be or how you're going to grow. So I like that. Just stay as long as you're growing. And then when you move on, how do you choose the next place? Very randomly. I think just look up jobs like other people. Sometimes I'll message on Facebook if they know a place that's open. But your actual website, I enjoy thoroughly. The website that you made that has different jobs that have employee housing involved. And I enjoyed looking through that. Good, thanks. Yeah, I like looking through it too. It's like browsing for adventures, and even I just go on my own site sometimes and daydream of adventures I could go on. But that's how I find it. Once I find it, I just start calling it up. I think job searching like anybody else, but I usually don't job search in the town I'm in. I usually try to travel somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And right now I'm in Colorado, and I turned down a job. I applied for jobs for, I want to say, three, four days when I was actually searching, and I got offered a couple jobs, and one paid much more than what I'm making with the job that I actually chose, but I wanted to experience Colorado. Yeah. Good choice. Into Colorado. That's awesome. Do you ever return to a place you've been to? Yeah, of course. Visit friends. Visit family. 
And are there any big challenges for you in traveling? For me, the hardest part is always saying goodbye, and that's heartbreaking every single time, and you would think it gets easier, but it doesn't. I learned in college that I can't dwell on the friends that I lose from travel, from the end of semesters, from whatever reason. So it is sad, but I generally don't let it affect me. Awesome. So leaving, I'll be like, oh, I've got to leave. But like, I understand that if I dwell on missing people, then that will impact my next adventure. Yeah, and I'm sure you make new friends easily anyway, and that's how you have all these people in your life to begin with is because of traveling. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you'd like to share with other people who travel? Just enjoy life, adventure. Never lose focus on happiness. Good one. Go with the flow, I'd say. Live in the moment. I agree. I agree. Thank you, Sam. Thanks for coming on Once Upon a Wander with me. Once Upon a Wander. <laughs> I've, enjoyed, I've enjoyed this time. Good. Me too. Me too. It's good to hear your voice, by the way. I should years. just call you more often instead of texting. I think you were the one who taught me it's okay to call your friends. I remember a couple years ago when I got a phone call from you. Like, oh, my God. He's not texting. He's calling. What? Is he crazy? But it was really nice to talk to you. And then after that, I was like, wow, I guess I can just call my friends when I want to talk to them. That's cool. A lot of people don't like talking on the phone. Yeah, that's true. Once Upon a Wander is produced by WanderJobs.com. WanderJobs is a job board for seasonal travelers who want to live in beautiful places. All jobs come with staff housing. Once, are once. you saying once? <laughs> once upon a